Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Before he can call himself a man. And. (laughs) The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in in the the wind. wind. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's a Joan Baez. I feel like it has to be done. In this sort of voice where you're just a storyteller. <laughs> Walking down the street on a How 60s afternoon. How many times must a man walk? <laughs> I don't know all the lyrics. I don't remember. I used to know them. Okay. We, we were having a discussion and it just keeps going on and on and on for me. We were having a discussion on perception and it started with Alzheimer's and dementia because my, my BQH, my beyond quantum healing client on Sunday, her husband had died from dementia and we were relating it to Nana who clearly has early dementia. I don't think I've ever said that publicly. I think it needs to be said. It's the elephant in the room every time I see my parents. Um, And (laughs) it is. Nobody's actually said, you know, Papa's not said to me, you know, hey, by the way, you do know your mom has dementia. Well, let's let's start with. um, So what was what was it that that she had said that had triggered this this for you the other day? So my client said and it was very funny. We were we were relating with each other. She had said that she literally took care of her husband until he passed, until he left. And she said, I knew there was a turning point when there was a morning and and it was something like this. There was a morning. I'm just going to say it the way I remember it. And it might not be totally correct. But she said there was a morning when I got him up to go to the bathroom because after a while he's starting to forget his bodily functions and she had to help him with that. And she said he was telling me that uh, he... He had hoped something about how he had hoped that I had gone to a class to get certified in this or something to that degree. That I was really good at this. I, he hoped I was getting paid well for this job. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He hoped that that she was getting paid well for this job because you're very good at it. And by the way, do you know where Billy is? <laughs> and But that's who she is. Right. She's Billy. Right. So As and I laughed. He just didn't even know that she he was He didn't right remember there. that this is his wife. Yeah. And that her name is Billy. And that she's been taking care of him all this time. And she said, I knew that that was the point when we were, you know, starting to really move into the depth of this dementia. And I said, and I laughed because I said, well, last month 
I go up to Portland once a month to work on all my bodywork clients. And I see my parents when I'm done with the whole day. And Kyan, my youngest, came up with me to go spend the day with his besties that are in Portland right now. And I went to go pick him up. And then we went to Nana and Papa's at their residential home. And there's all these people walking in and out. And I told my client, I said, I knew that we had turned a point when I said, my mom stood up. One of the residents came in on her walker, a really sweet woman. And I said, and of course, my parents love to introduce us to everybody there. You know, it's a great opportunity because we're not there at all very much. And she literally said, pointed to my youngest son and myself sitting on the couch in the lounge area, lobby area, and said, and here are our grandchildren <laughs> with all of her exuberance and drama and gusto. I just laughed. <laughs> You'd never introduced me as your grandchild before. And I literally thought, oh, We've moved into a new yeah. stage of dimension now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I looked at the at the woman they'd introduced me to and I laughed and I said, oh, yeah, I said, I'm their grandchild. And I said, and, you know, like my dad didn't even he didn't flinch. He didn't even correct that or anything. And then she just looked at me. The woman looked at me and I said, I'm their youngest daughter, Sonia. <laughs> and and I said and, and my dad was in some other frame of mind because he didn't really catch it I said and then my client asked so what'd your mom do and I said I don't really think she even heard it they they have hearing aids they can't hear very well and then I then that brought me into the state of thinking and wondering about dementia and Alzheimer's and where the consciousness is going to in that. And then my mind will connect all of the dots to people who are schizophrenic. And well, so I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested to, cause I almost want to, I want to guide people down where the, the questioning goes for this just oh, to yeah. kind of help better. Cause when I hear that, my first thought is for your client's husband, for example, when he says, where's Billy, but he's looking at her, it's like, so then to me, what is, how does memory play a role in creating our daily realities, even to the visual point of mm -hmm. what it is that we see? Um, what is, what does Billy mean to him then in his mind? Or what is his mind constructed Billy to be that he would then ignore what is right in what front of right him? What is right in front of him. Exactly. And this person in front of him is incredibly caring and he, and he acknowledged that, that yeah. she's really, he's like, you're really empathetic. As though it's a new person that he's never You're met really before. good at this. Yeah. I hope you're getting paid well for this. Yeah. You're amazing. You're such a great caretaker. Say hi to Billy. Yeah. Where's Billy? And it's like, well, then what is, where did your mind, when did you separate in your mind? When did you fragment in your mind that Billy is not yeah, just, like what does that look like to you? Like when you when you look at at your wife's face, what are you seeing? That's that's what's interesting to me, and I'm 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 almost like I'm trying to like empathize and relate to to like a perspective of like if I were to look at somebody that I've seen before, but as though it was a stranger, but I almost feel as though I can't make that connection because I do have such a strong, like memory to person recognition. Like even if uh, my thing is, I don't remember names at all, 
but even then, like I recognize immediately when I've seen someone before, just based off of their face, based off of how they walk, you know, how they carry themselves. There's all these visual things. So my mind is categorizing people and then it's, it's, it's shaping its world uh, out of those categorizations. And we do see a similar sort of thing in schizophrenia where the world does get turned upside down. And I have heard, uh, I don't, have the data pulled up right in front of me, but I do believe that there are, uh, in some cases of dementia, hallucinatory uh, occurrences as well, where, for example, visitations from dead people, yes. things like that, you know? Okay, so when you mention that, a very common thing for an elder body and the soul is getting ready to leave it, and this is so common, that, and, and Nana's stepmother, who we called Crazy Grandma Loa, who now I realize probably wasn't as crazy as we thought she was. She was just really lonely. Mm -hmm. She lived alone in a trailer in Minneapolis, outside of Minneapolis. But she, we knew that she was getting ready to leave her body when she, we picked her up on a Sunday. We used to pick her up on this on us on Sundays in the seventies and take, have her, have her with us for the day. We go out to the same restaurant because that's what she wanted to do. Had the same food, everything. And she in the car, and I was there for this. She said to Nana, Wayno was in my room this morning, who was Nana's father. Mm-hmm. And he had crossed in the mid-70s of diabetes when I was seven. Mm. Seven. I was seven. Um, I actually had a spiritual experience with him mm. that I think I've shared with you. Probably. I was, we were at my uh, Nana's sister's house, my, my aunt Evie's house and uh, uncle Jack and um, outside of Minneapolis. Cause we still lived in Chicago at the time. We did. We lived in Chicago. I'm in the bathtub. I'm laying in the bath. It was a Saturday. I didn't like showers. So Nana drew me a bath. I was old enough to be in the bathtub by myself. I'm lying in the bath with my ears under the water my whole head immersed. I liked doing that. And all of a sudden there's this spirit above me in the water. And I realize it's grandpa Antonin, Nana's dad. And I mean, I already knew we were there for his funeral <laughs> and the funeral hadn't happened yet. And I'm lying there and he just looked like white energy above me, but there was some color around him, but I knew it was him <laughs> I went to cover up my genitals. Mm-hmm. I'm a seven-year-old girl. And he laughed. I heard him laugh. It was very faint. And he said, silly girl. He said, I, I can't see any of that about you. He said, none of that matters. And I just listened. And he said, I want you to know I love you. And he said, and I'll come back. Mm-hmm. He said, tell your mom. I said, hi, and I love her. And he floated up. Wow. And I got out of the bathtub. And I wrapped up in a towel and I wrapped my hair up in the little towel. And I said to her, I went into the room they were staying in. And because I remember I was staying in my cousin Wendy's room, the purple room. Julie was staying in Patty's room. And these were my cousins. And Nana and Papa were staying in a guest room. And I said to Nana, I think, I think Grandpa Antonin just came to me. And Nana looked at me and said, and she was very emotional about his crossing. When Nana's parents died, 
she sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because there was a lot of unresolved emotions with them. She had a difficult childhood. So she immediately started to cry and wanted to know and was very like, tell me, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I told her exactly that. And she said, oh, he came to you. I said, yeah, I think so. No, he did. He came to you. And she said, thank you. Thank you for telling me. And she was just sobbing. And I remember feeling really good that I could offer that communication. Like that was my very first mediumship mm-hmm. was that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd had a lot of psychic encounters up to that point, but that was my first mediumship experience. And I remember feeling really good, like I'd done something good. And I was helping her to release. I remember that. And that was like some of my first awareness as a seven-year-old of, and I didn't think in these terms, but it was a feeling and knowing of multi-dimensional, multi-dimensionality, as I like to say. I don't even know if that's a word, multi-dimensionality, but I like using it. Sounds good. It does sound good. (laughs) That was my first awareness of that is, it is, I just knew that it was natural and normal to perceive all realms, mm-hmm. all spaces. I think I thought of it as spaces. Mm-hmm. All spaces are here. Mm-hmm. It's very vast. It's very broad. There's, it goes far, mm-hmm. but it's all right here at the same time is what I knew. And what the key thing was that she shared with me at that moment was she said, I asked her why she was crying so hard. And she said, because my dad never told me that he loved me until his deathbed. And apologized for never for saying he apologized that he'd never told me he loved me until that moment and said to me, we had a good life, didn't we, Pat? We had a good life. And she said, I just sat there by his deathbed and said, yeah, we did, Dad. We had a good life. And he said, I'm sorry I never said this to you. I want you to know I love you. And she said, and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. I didn't go to the hospital, so I wasn't there at that moment. And again, we weren't living in Minneapolis at the time. We were in Chicago. So he also said that to Nana's sister, Aunt Evelyn. And so after his crossing, he came to me in dreams, came to my brother also in dreams, and then came to me through a lot of psychic mediums that I was working with in my 20s. He would come in every time. And his first words were so loving. He would tell me he loved me. And I felt it. And like the awareness of being multidimensional was fascinating. So all of this, and let's bring this right into this point of when people are getting ready to leave their body, they have a tendency to see loved ones who have already crossed Mm -hmm. or spirit guides or their angels Mm -hmm. and that multidimensional awareness. Now, what I've also noticed And I don't have any data on this. I don't have any scientific studies on this. I don't know if there are any scientific studies on this. From my experience of my clients sharing their their experiences with me, and just from observation of listening to other people's experiences of this, whether it's on YouTube or movies or whatever, is that people who are classified as demented, Mm -hmm. as dementia, it seems to be that they have a tendency to become more 
multidimensional. Mm-hmm. I do think it's, it's interesting that we um, dementia is uh, typically thought of as a degradation of your mental faculties. Yeah. Um, because it's always referenced in context to how you perceive or how you are able to operate uh, in in the physical world, right? Yeah. But uh, it would make sense for dementia to be a transitory period where you are essentially widening your scope of view from simply being a you know passenger in the body. Uh, sort of confined to the body to being an observer of all things, which is what happens to us when we're no longer in the body. Right, expanding your consciousness. And then that always brings me, the thread connects, in my mind, to schizophrenics. Now, what I do know about schizophrenics, and no, there are no scientific studies that I'm aware of on this. What I've learned about schizophrenia is that it is the psychic perceptions, the clairs, voyance, audience, sentience, cognizance, and salience, and da, 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 there's a long list of clairs, is that the soul is still not in a broader state of frequency, mm-hmm. not in a higher state of frequency in the body, but yet there are still higher frequencies that are, are coming into the body and that the brain is offline to a degree it's not in the center it's not aligned in the chakras it's not completely in alignment with the endocrine system and so there are these distorted fragmented perceptions but there is the ability to perceive multidimensionally but the soul is not conscious enough of this so there is a distortion in the perception what i do know Because of my work as a quantum healer, I've had a couple of clients who thought that they had schizophrenia, is that their clairaudience is strong, their ability to hear other dimensions, but they don't know how to control it and filter it through the central channel in the body in order to clearly define what it is that they're hearing and to be able to. Hang on, I'm trying to find the word. Be able to have a, to be able to use both brain hemispheres in a more balanced way. Like I would say that I have a more balanced processing of my clairs through more balanced brain hemispheres as I'm able to tune in as a psychic medium to tune. And there's a technique to this, to tune in to What visions do I get that are coming from different dimensions around a client that I'm working with? Or if I'm, if, if I've been hired to clear a space or if I'm just clearing the space because I want to clear the space and I have a literal process of how I practice on using the energies to filter through my central channel in order to discern or differentiate what is in this dimension, what is in the third dimension, what is in different frequencies. And when I hear the subtle sounds, okay, that's not coming from this room right here, right now, 3D. Let's tune in again. There it is again. I'm hearing something. Close the eyes. Breathe. 
receive the information, and then I'll hear a name, a word, a country, and with that will come um, a symbol or an image. I can see it with my eyes open. A lot of the time I can see it better with my eyes closed. What I see with the schizophrenic person is that they are not practiced in being able to sit, breathe, receive it. The ego is still perceiving more than the soul is. Does this make any sense at all? Yes, I I do think that there is quite a bit of difference between utilizing something like clairvoyance or clairaudience and being in a state of schizophrenia, more specifically because schizophrenia is defined as a state that is continuous. Usually there's a trigger to schizophrenia. Yes. Most people who are schizophrenic actually have latent schizophrenia which means that it's dormant and usually when they become an adult it becomes triggered by an event um, and then it becomes a constant state of you know hallucinations that have a pattern of their own um, and oftentimes this can be accompanied by feelings paranoia um, depending on where you think sit in schizophrenia um, so I, I've done a lot of research on schizophrenia and I have a lot of inner insight about this, especially through my psychedelic experiences. Have I told on this podcast before my DMT story? Have I told the story of what it felt like to me when I took DMT? Yep. Okay. So number one thing about, oh, and also the other thing I wanted to bring up is there's psychosis and anyone can have a psychotic break. You don't yep. have to have schizophrenia no. to enter into a state of psychosis. No, you have to be However, in a state of being offline. Schizophrenia, schizophrenics have a higher chance of more regularly entering psychotic breaks. They do. And, and when you enter into a psychotic, so I have a lot to say about this. So if you don't mind, let me just, let me just go, go off. Go ahead. On, I just wanted to here. add that there's a chemical imbalance mm -hmm. in the body. There's, there's just a lot of imbalances that contribute to this. Sure. Go ahead. Um, when, you, when you are in a state of psychosis, you are dissociated from your current reality to the point of where you can have but are not necessarily limited to any combination of these things. You can have delusions about what is going on in the world around you. So this is where people come up with things like I'm being watched, the television's talking to me, I have all this stuff going on. You can have auditory hallucinations and visual hallucinations. So this is something that separates schizophrenia from practicing mediums in my opinion because schizophrenics or people who are experiencing a psychotic break will oftentimes have hallucinations that are visual, that they feel they do not have control over, aka they present themselves as uh, uniquely controlled things in their world. So like a completely separate entity. So for example, somebody who's experiencing a severe episode of psychosis or a schizophrenic will ex have a nightmare person that shows up to them. And this person may actually be a construct that has showed up in their nightmares as a child. For So, for example, people talk about being visited by clowns. They talk about being visited by, you know, shadow men, things like this, right? And sometimes these things, you can tell that they have, like, they're constructed by the ego because they have a direct tie to the ego. There's a construction to a fear that they've had. People see spiders a lot when they're schizophrenics or they're having, like, paranoid episodes. They'll see, like, spiders crawl 
crawling through their skin. They'll see like stuff like that, you know? So I think that a, a difference between somebody who's experiencing something of a medium is like, first of all, there's obviously a level of control, right? And you can direct that level of control. But you're also receiving information that is usually tied in some distinct way to the 3D world that can be verified by an external source. And if you look up the CIA studies on this with um, um, something gate, I can't remember what it's called. They did it in the 80s. It was their entire study where they trained people to uh, astral project and go spy for stuff like that. They taught soldiers to... It's the remote It's remote. Exactly, viewing. it's the remote viewing studies that they did. Um, if you look at that, you will see that the one thing that was constant that actually made like those studies more verifiable was that they were actually receiving real information in their astral projected state. So it, this is all dealing in the 3D world. And usually you'll find that mediumship also deals in the 3D world. You are, even if you're talking to an in somebody in the astral plane, they're giving you information about the 3D world. Schizophrenic does not have this. A schizophrenic is locked in their own egoic construction. They're looping. Mm-hmm. They're looping a fear yes. timeline. Yes. And their egoic construction does not feel to them attached to their own sense of control, their own motor. So they view it as a separate entity, a separate thing generating these different external things, but only they can see it, only they can hear it. And if somebody else is to come along and verify for them, um, they won't be able to because they won't hear the voices they hear. A medium is not going to be able to tune into a schizophrenic's world in the same way that a schizophrenic is, you know? And so this to me is a big difference uh, because it shows that, and and I think that this is a similar thing for somebody with dementia too. It it shows how for somebody who is going through these these constructs, their ego is breaking down. And as their ego breaks down, they start to lose a sense of self that extends over the things that they would normally be projecting into the outside world. So, yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Most of our world is based off of it's a little bit of external inwards. It's a little bit of real physical 3D. And it's a lot of what we see inside projected outwards. So somebody who's in a state of schizophrenia or in dementia is starting to lose control or the sense of self, the sense of understanding of I am projecting this. That to me is the big difference. That's that's fascinating. Now, I have not I have not done enough research on this. I don't know if you have either. And I'm still unclear on the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia. I'm just not clear. I don't really see a whole lot of difference between the two. People who are demented get confused and then start to forget. Short-term memory goes, long-term memory goes. It seems like long-term memory goes quicker for the two states of being. But it's absolutely fascinating to me, the process. And when I have shared with people that my mom has the early stages of dementia, the first thing I usually hear is, oh, I'm so sorry. and I don't feel that way about it. I, I And I tell people then I say, actually, you know, my mom, I mean, she's going to be 85 this year. She's lived an incredibly full life as 85. She has a very loving marriage. She's been the mom that she wanted to be, the grandmother that she's wanted to be. She's been very happy. 
for most of her life. And I really feel, as we've shared this many times, that she has accomplished in this life what it is that she set out to do, which was to really learn how to self-nurture and self-love and then give that back Mm. to her loved ones. And she has. And the last time she and I had a logical conversation, because this has been coming on for many, many years. And last time we had a logical conversation, this was right after your siblings and I got back from South America. And we had moved back to Southwest Portland. I was, I was upgrading. I had incredible excruciating head pain and neck pain. And I had to, and I, I did go to teach yoga. I always did. And then I barely made it back. And it was the very last time that I called them, which is what I always did. I always called her because she was soothing for me. And, you know, they were still living in their house And they came right over because we literally lived, you know, like less than a quarter of a mile from them. And they came over and I already knew that there was some dementia that was coming on board. This was, this was what, 2018. Yeah, this was late 2018. Might've been winter of 2019. They came over and What I realized would bring her back into a more lucid state of being was if she needed, if she had to mother me, she had to nurture me and I needed her and she came into my room. Papa went and talked with, you know, your little brother and she came into my room, sat down on the bed and I'm crying and I'm in pain and I'm like, mom, why, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of updating her on some things because she and I just really weren't talking that much anymore. And We talked about death as we always did when you have, you know, a double Scorpio mom. Death usually comes into the conversation when you're getting into in-depth life conversations. It does. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We always talk about the end. And I just I said to her, you know, I'm so tired of going through these huge energetic blockages in my body. This has been going on since I was a small child. And, you know, and then she, you know, she empathizes with me. I know, I know. And she's, you know, stroking my hair and trying to help take the pain away and all of that with her nurturing touch. And we got more in depth. And as we talked more, my pain would go away. She was always a source of my pain dissipating. Always. And the more that we talked the more that she would bring in some of her own stuff as she does, as she's always done, brought in her own experiment experience. And she said, you know, when I said to her, like, I feel like, and at that time I might've been what? 51. I think it was like 50 or 51, 51, 52, something like that. And I said, like, it's a good life. Like I'm okay if I go, cause you know, I'm in pain and that's usually where I go to when I'm in that level of pain. Like that's a debilitating level of pain mm-hmm. that I used to experience. And I'm like, this is a good life. I have the kids like, you know, I, it would be okay if I left. And then, and she just listens and she knows that I'm just speaking from, I can't take this kind of pain anymore. And then she said, oh, I feel that too. She said, she said to me, I can see that my mind is starting to go. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her and I said, you know that? She said, oh, yeah, yeah. She said, there are times I see your sister walking around. 
Mm. And she said, and she says, and I mean, I know I'm psychic, so I know I'm going to see that. But she said, I realize that I'm being prepared to go. She said, I will tell you that I'm going to go first before your father goes. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I know that too. And she said, I can see that there's some things that I'm starting to lose track of. And she said, I'm starting to see that there's some things in my life that I'm not seeing in the same way. And she said, I want you to know I've had a really good life. Mm. I've lived a really good life. She said, I came in to learn to love myself and nurture myself in a way that I'd never have in any other life. And she said, I know that in, in past lives, I'm, I'm must've been a terrible mother that I've had two, three, your father's mother as well, awful mothers in this lifetime. And that was such a great example to me that I need to be as nurturing as possible. And she said, but then I had to learn through nurturing you three and your children, I had to learn that I actually had to nurture myself first. Mm-hmm. I learned that. And she said, I fully love myself. She said, the only reason why I'm still here, besides the fact that I get to see you and see the kids, see your grand, you know, my grandchildren, she said, is because your father hasn't learned that yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to help him. And that was the last time in late 2018 or early 2019 that we actually had that lucid moment. And it was literally just like five minutes after that, and we were sitting there talking, that Papa came in the doorway, let her know that he had had enough and it was time for him to go, time for them to go. And she lost her lucidness and completely, she looked at her watch and I lost her. Mm -hmm. She became demented again, Mm -hmm. forgot everything. Her eyes glossed over and I was like, that's how I know. I mean, I, I know in any way that she's had a great life, but that's how I know. It's like, yep, she's, she's getting ready to go. But the fact that over these years, she'll have those little lucid moments where all of a sudden she'll come back in and then she'll go out. And I'm always wondering, where does her consciousness go? When she's not being lucid. And it's that's the other thing. We started to talk about this yesterday, too, where it was like, what is consciousness? Because yeah. <laughs> because humans have this, we use this word consciousness, and it, it means a lot of different things, right? So she is still consciousness. She is consciousness. The, embit- the epitome of consciousness is that she is in her body, she is alive, and she is moving. To me, that's consciousness, right? But then it's also difficult because I view even like inanimate things as consciousness. I don't know that anything could ever be separated from consciousness. So I think that everything, I don't know that anything could ever be unconscious enough to be separated from the flow of life, which is what I define consciousness as, is being one with the flow of life, right? And everything that lives and dies, even inanimate objects that degrade over time, are a part of that flow of life. So therefore, they are conscious. This is consciousness, you know? And I think that we mark human consciousness especially in a state where we are sort of self-aware to me this is egoic consciousness and i think that we we have a special place in our minds and our hearts for egoic consciousness because it is a unique identifier of being a human 
uh, to have such strong egoic consciousness. Um, and now if we go kind of back to what I had said before about like dementia being a degradation De- of, of the, the ego, ego. Well, then, yes, she's losing her sense of ego. She is losing her sense of ego, she's, but she's, she's still not there. able. But she, as a consciousness, is still there. She's just changed. But what is so interesting to observe with her is that as her ego is degrading, she seems to be having a lot more fun. Well, isn't that always the case? <laughs> isn't that always how it goes? That's what I'm noticing is that, you know, they're in this really great senior residential complex community with like 280 other people of their generation. Yeah. And they are having the best time, according to both of them, of their entire lives. They are having so much fun in this place. They love their apartment. It's the best apartment they've ever had. They love their community. They're talking with all these people. It's just a wealth of knowledge and information exchange with all these people. They're laughing. They're enjoying themselves. They get to eat amazing food. They're still vegan. They get to go out in their little Prius and drive around in their little their little local area to all their favorite little stores to get all their food because the only reason why they ever go out Mm -hmm. is to get food and even though her body is degenerating very quickly this is the most fun that i've seen her have except i would say when i lived in new york city and she used to come out and visit me we had and she was away from papa yeah she had so much fun with us she's in that same space again and so it's so interesting to observe this how much fun she's having. She's, I would say that this is more in her now than I have ever seen her be. And more in the now. It's a fascinating process to observe. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Feel free to check us out on Instagram at One Long Conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, You can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at One Long Conversation and you'll find us there. Um, We also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube yet again at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.